next time you're about to start a round or whatever, like whatever they call, you know, the next thing, whatever. Next time you're about to start, I have the Google Home. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, like, okay, Google, play Riot of the Valkyrie. <laughs> it's like everybody's like, shut that off. I'm trying to buy my effing guns. Run it to start for 15 seconds. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Interface. My name is Ian Fuchs, and with me this week, Mr. Chase Musel, new member of the iPhone family. There it is. That's the one. I am a proud iFamily member. iFamily? <laughs> and we can share our iPhotos with our iMessages and our iLife. That's it's really good. And it's all iCrypted. That doesn't sound good. iCrypted, right. yeah. And, uh, and, and you, you enjoy the iHearts of radios and the iMusic <laughs> on your, your iDevice. Except for and, I wouldn't use that, Ian. And the eye syncing the... and all these wonderful <laughs> eye features that only exist on the iPhone, right? That's right. It's super good. No, I, I got a, I got an iPhone 6S as I stare at it lovingly in my hand. It is a it is a um, beautiful rose gold. Oh, um, the beautifulest. Which which has which has a which has a gray cover on it. Fantastic. Um, Anything to cover up that pink. <laughs> Anything sweet, to cover sweet up pink. That pink. But, no, you know what? Pink is the color of my my daughter and my wife, and they love it, so that is fine. Um, no, I, I got the iPhone. I've been so I, I did like we've talked about this previously, but I used um, Android iPhone five for a few months, and I gave it a serious go. So I was sort of like I've become acclimated within it, but now I've fully switched my life over, including all of my authenticators, right? All my two factor stuff, all my like I'm wholly switched over to the iPhone, um, and it transitioned pretty. Pretty painlessly, actually. So that's good. And and you didn't use the they have the uh, the move app, the tool, whatever for Android. You didn't do that where it like rips all your accounts. Yeah, the you, messages and stuff. Yeah. So you just went in and said, "I'm going to sign in with my Apple or my Apple ID and just download a handful of apps, set up my email accounts, and, and right." Go with it. I think most of the and it works easily because most of the apps I used. Um, well, so I try to almost exclusively use, as you know. Um, I use apps that are, how do I say this? They are platform agnostic, right? right? And so uh, by signing into these different apps that I downloaded, it just synced with wherever I was on my on my Android for the most part. I think, sure. I mean, there's a few, like the biggest pain point for me was moving podcasting apps when I first considered it. But yes. since then I've gone to um, Pocket Casts and okay. that's platform agnostic and okay. works great. Um, yeah, I, I know that was, that was one issue that I had when I had tried Android. Um, many many years ago even is that that the most of the services that i used uh, switched over you know your facebook is facebook is facebook you know they right. build their app um yep. the if you if you're a user of the official twitter client um, yeah, all that stuff then all of that comes over if you're a, a gmail user that all comes across and all of right. that stuff but when when you really get into these pain points is when you get these like specific apps like you're like oh i really like to use overcast, overcast. for my pocket my <laughs> podcast on ios so using yep, exactly. android is no good because it's you know it's it's a it's a different app and so for me i i never had a podcast app on android that i felt like was worthwhile using and and part of it was was for me that i didn't want to spend the money on it um, oh, which yeah. which is a 
a a big factor in in why I why I don't know that I could ever leave iOS. You're heavily invested in the ecosystem, I, right? I, I'm very heavily invested. I, I I haven't done the math on it, but the the amount of money that I have invested in to apps, in content, in in stuff that that exists within the Apple ecosystem, you know, iTunes content, um, movies, TV shows, music, apps, books, like there, there's no easy way to move that off of the Apple ecosystem to Android. And so, so this idea of being locked into a platform becomes a real, it's a real problem, right? It, it, becomes, it becomes a real tether right, to it, right? It becomes yeah, a real problem actual price. <laughs> as as you get more and more heavily invested in, which is which is why I find it so fascinating that that right away when you switched, you were like, "Yeah, it was no big deal. I just signed into my stuff and everything moved over." It's like, well, yeah. but and 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 part of that also is you know Google is very good about um, putting their stuff in as many places as possible. Yeah, like, if, if you're using a Google service, you're contributing to the hive of Google. And all of yeah. their stuff. So who cares if it's on an iPhone or an Android phone or a Mac or a PC? Right. Um, so so things like uh, Google Play Music and Google Play Videos, movies, whatever they call their yeah, yeah, their, their video yeah. service, Google Play Books, like all of that the, stuff. The, yeah. You can you can download those apps on an iPhone, and your content's still there. Oh, I didn't know that. You can actually get like all the yes. Google stuff. Yeah. On so iPhone. so mm. if you if you are heavily invested in the Android ecosystem, it's super easy mm-hmm. to move over to the iPhone for the most part right. because most of the services that exist oh, yeah. on Android can come yeah. straight over. The inverse yeah, is, is not necessarily true. Right, um, right. It, because iTunes is not an Android app right. still. Right. You, you do get Apple Music uh, or can get Apple Music on, right. on an Android device now, which has right. started to reduce some of that friction in moving from one to the other. Sure. Um, but your, your video content, all of the apps... You know, all that stuff doesn't come across. Like, just just yeah. looking at the the lock screen or the home screen of my phone, I have a ten dollar app, another ten dollar app, a three dollar app, an app that I spent ten dollars on, uh, and like two more three dollar apps. So what's that? Like, I have like thirty dollars just on my home screen yeah, in apps more. that don't exist on not iOS. Right. Yeah. And so it's like looking at that, I'm like. If I switch, I just lose these. Like they're just yeah. I mean, like they're still on my account, t- but they like right. You, I don't get to utilize. I mean, them. you effectively lose them, right? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um. So uh, it's interesting that you're like that. You actually can think about the money that you have on your ecosystem because I like there's an app for Android that you can download called something like My Paid Downloads or something like that to show me all the stuff that I've bought. It's like I don't even know, right? Like I don't know sure. all the stuff that I remember from over the years, right? Like we're talking many years of this. Um. I think honestly, like I've probably spent. Probably, and it's not that much. Like, it's a shockingly low amount. Like, maybe less than $100. I think it's something like $70 on my on my Android accounts worth of stuff, right? None of it is stuff that I need, you know, to continue to be super productive. Right. So, I... Yeah. And, and, and for me, like I said, I, I, I was talking to a coworker about this the other day. Like, in iTunes content alone, uh, and movies alone, mm-hmm. uh, I, think I, I think I told you this. We just crossed the 100 movie threshold. Oh yeah! Recently, oh, that, congratulations. Yeah, it was it, actually we we hit we were at ninety nine, and there was like three weeks where every time we wanted to buy a movie, it's like, but is that the hundredth movie? <laughs> and so it was like <laughs> we, we were giving like movie. unfair weight to like movie number one hundred, and, and not all of those hundred movies were 
uh, purchased from iTunes. Some of them were like the digital copy that came with the DVD or Blu-ray. Sure, sure. But it's in your iTunes it's, collection. It's in our iTunes collection, correct. But just knowing that, let's say, even 30% of those were purchased at somewhere between 5 and $15 a piece. Yeah. Like, you're talking, there could be $300 in movies yeah. alone yeah. that we've we've paid for that only work right. on iOS. And, so then, and again, I mean, so they're not, that's not even looking at apps and music yeah. and everything else we have invested in. The, the content's really hard because it's hard and easy and it's, it's, hard, it's, hard, it's hard because you have this huge monetary, like, uh, you know, mental investment, right? Like it's hard right. to get over switching and you can't bring that content with you on the flip side. It could potentially be easy because if you would, if maybe, I don't know how, I don't I think I have an idea of how you guys do it, but like in our house, where do we watch movies? We watch them exclusively on our television, like on our yes. main source of, right. So I could get an Apple TV and alleviate these words. Like, right. You know, and, and, and we, we, we have, we have two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, we don't have. One. We technically yes. we have three, but one of them is is an older one that that has been decommissioned. <laughs> we have we have two in active use, and, mm-hmm. and so so yes, I the the movie content I don't lose out on by not having right. an iPhone or an you iPad so or a Mac. Mac. But again, yeah. it's it goes so much further beyond. That. And then and then there's another uh, another element of this, which is the interaction from device to device. Yeah. Um, oh if, yes. If you're invested in the systems. And you start to get to the point where you have a Mac and an iPhone and an iPad and yeah. Apple TVs and another iPad and another Mac, yeah. and all of a sudden yeah. you start looking at like the the entire the, of your the entire ecosystem that you're now part of. <laughs> it's not just one device that you're you're moving from device to device. It's to take one device and remove it from the family yeah. and yeah. and take something that doesn't work the same within that. Now it gets yeah. super weird. Like. I airdrop stuff from my Mac to my iPad or from my iPad to my phone all the time or yeah. use the universal clipboard to sync things around. Yep. If you throw a Windows computer or an Android phone or uh, a Surface tablet somewhere sure. in, in that mix, in the mix, it no yeah. longer plays with the others the same. And that gets to be this weird, like, it, it feels like the broken link in the chain. So you end up kind of pigeonholing yourself, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it, into into an ecosystem that you can't comfortably easily leave Yeah, because of the devices yeah, you've right. chosen. Yeah, and the thing that's worse about all that is that the phone is the centerpiece of all of those, right? Like, the, uh, w- without a doubt, the phone is the most important component of that, of that circle. Yeah, yeah. I would argue that the phone is the most important piece, right? It's the one that you have with you all the time. It yeah. probably has the most hooks into all the external accessories of your yeah. like ecosystem. Yeah, so it's hard to switch. So, yeah. So for us, I don't. We don't have a lot of content invested in any digital medium. I think we have a handful of like songs, maybe a movie or two sure. or something of TV and Google Play. Um, and then Sarah has a number of iTunes purchases. So if anyone has the most, it's actually her in iOS. So like, and I don't even know what the options are. Like, I'm sure that there's some type of like family sharing component, right? Or whatever. So I could potentially view that content mm-hmm. if we set up our account as a family mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. So that would which be actually, really good. Which is actually a really good way to do it. We, we have that where, where CJ in, uh, in college had, would get iTunes mm-hmm. gift cards and stuff like that. And so she yeah. had, she had eight or 10 movies. That, that don't factor into the hundred movies of the family collection sure. uh, that were just on her account. And so at one point we set it up as a family share account because it allowed her to get any of the paid apps that I had purchased. 
Oh, yes. Which, for the most part, was irrelevant other than a couple calendar, like it was a calendar app that she had used for a while and something right. else, and then, our, and then our music stuff. And so by being on the family account, it allowed us to, to share that content. So I can go to the Apple TV and I can look at my movies, or I can look at the family movies, which includes Hercules and Ferdinand the Bull and, right. and For the Birds, the uh, Pixar short. And yeah, um, so so those exist within her account, but I can see them because of the family sharing. That makes um, sense. Which so which again, so more of a, yeah. th- there's a, yet another layer of this like <laughs> ecosystem lock in that can happen is like, what do your friends and family have, and how does yeah. that then influence it? We know? haven't even yeah exactly. So the family is one thing, but your friends is a totally separate thing, right? Right. And and friends is something that it's potentially a bigger driver especially initially when there wasn't so much good cross-platform support for different services. Right. Like today we can talk all day on Slack and it doesn't matter what we're on and that works really well, right? right? Or like you can use, if you're, you know, once more security conscious, you can use Signal across platforms right. or, or right, Skype anyway. or, or any, right, any, of these, any of these services yeah. that exist on everything. Yeah, right? Like you could even venture off into the world of Allo. And <laughs> I could. <laughs> I don't, why would you? Um, or Hangouts uh, or Gchat right, like, or Google Messenger so, uh, or Facebook oh Messenger the, the Google's cacophony. Yeah, that's right. Like they don't have Alto-based tenor soprano. Like they have, they have their own service uh, choir. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, so, but what I'm getting at though is, you know, family is definitely one important thing, especially with the purchase, right? Like if you share purchase, it's huge, but friends that used to be, I think it's a bigger deal. It used to be a bigger deal than it was today was my point with that. But what your community has is a big deal. Like if all of my friends have iPhones, I want to have an iPhone because I see the iMessages, like the group iMessage going around and I'm I'm left out, right? And you can get right. them sent as like group MMS every time or whatever. Right. It, it just doesn't handle it as well as you'd want it to. Right. And, and you um, you end up with a whole bunch of separate threads on your device when everybody right. else sees it as a a single chat or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So some of that stuff. And so so this is like I said, this is another aspect of the the ecosystem locking is this like whole social influence mm-hmm. of the device you choose. Like, mm-hmm. does does the, your main group of friends use Android? If they do, you're probably more likely to use Android right. because the the services and apps and whatever that they're all using uh, tend to uh, parity with you, right? Tend, yeah. tend to fall into that. And and then on top of that, I, I, the reason I, I mentioned family before is I think of like you know I am heavily invested in the iOS ecosystem and the Apple ecosystem. So if somebody mm-hmm. comes to me and says, "What kind of computer should I get?" or "What kind of phone should I get?" What's my recommendation mm-hmm. going to be? Like I can, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure the Pixel is a great phone. I'm sure the Galaxy S Note Nine or whatever that's out now is a great device. I'm just kidding. It's the Note Seven. Everybody knows that's the one to get. Um, why not? Why not Nate? Can you clear? Sorry, because the, the the Seven was 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 like straight fire. That's well. That's it. They just had it. They nailed it. <laughs> Until it burns a hole in your pocket. Um. So so I I, I can't like. I can't openly recommend that as a device because I don't know about it. Yeah. Like right. for me, I'm like, I, I can say like, some, like CJ's mom asked, you know, I think about getting a pixel. Should I get it? Is it a good phone? What do you think? And I was like, yeah. I'm sure it's probably a great phone, but I've never used it. So I can't openly say like, yes, get that. Cause it's good. Or no, don't get that yeah. because reasons like it has good specs. I, it allegedly has a good camera. You get a lot of photo storage. Like, yeah. It's it's unlimited photo storage at full res. Well, yeah. <laughs> Let's not turn this into a commercial here, Chase. Right. Come on. What's what's full res? Like, technically, if you download the Google Photos app on your iPhone, you get unlimited photo storage at full res for the iPhone photos you take. 
That's what. That's not true. That is true. I have. It is one hundred percent true. You you, you only have to pay. Res. You only have to pay for storage if the photo is over sixteen megapixel. Uh, and then oh. it, and then it uses oh. against your allotment. But the iPhone's yeah, camera is twelve megapixel, so you actually get unlimited photo storage with an iPhone. Also, if you use Google Photos as your backup service, you let's are dive into that. Welcome. I don't. Th- I don't think that's accurate, actually. But let's. We can look at that up afterward. Okay. <laughs> Hi. Update to for, to be <laughs> to be continued. Yeah, we, we'll we'll touch on that in that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like I said, so so somebody asked me about about a device and I say, you know, yeah, I, right. I've heard it's You're a You're going to recommend device, iOS. But, but I'm, I'm, my recommendation is always going to be get an iPhone because right. you can get a great iPhone. They're fast. They're reliable. They're consistent, which yep. Yep, is yep, a yep. whole other thing. Uh, and, and, and in my experience, they, they've been a, a fantastic device. I, I haven't had a, a significantly bad experience with any iOS device, yep. whereas I have seen and experienced some not great experiences on the other side of the fence. So, yeah. so I'm going to recommend what's worked well for me because yeah, no, it makes, it makes there's sense. that. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of reasons right there to unpack here, but, but I want to real briefly, I'll say, so like in switching, um, I just like being familiar <laughs> with all the different platforms. Oh my. So maybe it's a good time to take a break because I've got a crying child and then I'll tell you why I switched to iOS. So, uh, All right. tell me about switching. Okay. So, the Nintendo Switch is a brand new console that's come out in the last right. few days. Ian. Tell me about switching from your <laughs> Android phone to your iOS device. So, um, I wanted—I just like being current on the, different, on the different platforms. And the Android device that I had previously was your previous Nexus 6, which mm-hmm. is a very good phone for you know for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. It had one major drawback, and the major... Well, it had a couple big drawbacks but the major one was the camera the secondary one being that under 40 percent battery life it kicks off one of the three cores and so performance severely legs in a lot of who a makes a three core device anyway uh, uh lots of people i mean qualcomm? amd had three core no amd ran three core from anyway. I think qualcomm is with i think it's a snapdragon I processor assume, isn't it aren't all mobile processors qualcomm except for the uh what's the other one uh, um, apple does a series chips in theirs which are not qualcomm but that's their own thing, right? Yeah, it's their own yeah. custom. I think every like the rest of the mobile world uses Qualcomm. Is, is Foxconn a different one? Foxconn's just the, the assembly plant. Just the assembly plant. Okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah, so, I think I think anyway. pretty much everybody is using a a Qualcomm Snapdragon or something. Yeah, or whatever they are. So yeah, um, clearly not not up to speed on all the mobile yeah. processing hardware, but. Uh, so the the Nexus is a good device, but it had a couple limitations. And then there's th- things in the iPhone that I wanted. Um, like I, I've wanted Touch ID for a while. Like I mm-hmm. wanted a form of biometric authentication, sure. and the newer Android phones have that, and it works perfectly fine. I sure. just it was you know a, a bonus for getting a anything after a 5S, right? Right. Um, that, and then really, I've wanted to get into the like I've become a little more security conscious in things, and iMessage mm-hmm. is and like, and encrypted, and and encrypted, and they don't, and Apple doesn't listen to all your stuff, which is. So let me segue this right into my primary gripe of the iPhone, right? So I switched for all these, like, little reasons, and it was just I wanted to try iOS and, like, dive into it for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I've also made my life pretty much platform agnostic, as we talked about, right? So I don't really – I wasn't stuck with any Google-specific applications, and I don't need any Apple-specific applications. So that's all worked fine. Um, But my primary gripe then in moving is that I love the idea that 
Apple is like secure, not listening, right? Like they respect right. the user privacy. That's a huge well, part of their and, model. And a right? lot of their like intelligent stuff is done on device. Things like the, right. the suggestion, yes. like the app suggestions and things like that, or your yeah. your photo uh, people tagging and stuff like that is all done locally. Which is arguably why it's not as good. Like I, right. it's oh, not absolutely I, right. Absolutely. It's just a limitation of it, right? When you're yeah. not using huge data centers and whatever to do all the processing. Things yeah, are. We just can't have like, like, yeah. We're not gonna dive into it, but yeah, like you, super complex nerd, right, like normal networks. And you stuff, take that yeah. trade off, right? And that's and that's fine with me, right? Like, I don't. Uh, for me personally, I think for most people, obviously, that's not something that we all need yet. Like, I think that as AI becomes more and more prominent in our life, we'll see that transition. But today, that's not a something that's going to make be a decision maker in my phone choice. So, um, plus a lot of the services that you use, those services have their own independent access to that stuff, right? Like, I just like the idea that my primary like personal messages and whatnot are not are not part of that um so the thing that kills me about it though is that my gripe with the iphone and this is just this is not that the iphone keyboard is bad it's arguably one of the best if not the best mobile keyboard by like traditional benchmarking standards right right um i don't know that i would i would be curious to know what satisfaction looks like if you do like a nice comprehensive test but um i, think, I would i think from, it from, comes from, 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 that and blackberry have always kind of well, and I don't know where I don't know where BlackBerry sits now, but I know yeah. as far as like it, people that do significant amounts of typing seem mm-hmm. to prefer either the iPhone keyboard or the the BlackBerry physical keyboard, BlackBerry? the phys- physical physical, physical uh, mini mini buttons. Sure. So, and I'm not. I don't know. Like, I mean, it sounds like a totally reasonable anecdote to have. I don't. I've never seen any data on it. I looked for it. Like, I can't find anything that actually supports like keyboard satisfaction across platforms, especially with newer stuff. Because <laughs> the last couple of years, the Google stuff has gotten really good. Um, oh, absolutely. So there's all that. Anyway, so coming from Google to iPhone, my big problem though is that the keyboard layout is slightly different, and that my access to punctuation is different. So, in the big changes for me are on the iPhone on the iPhone keyboard. Um, you have to tap the one, two, three button to get n- numbers and punctuation access, mm-hmm. right? So yep. it's a two, like if I type a sentence and then if you're doing anything other than a period, which is the double tap space, right? To get right. the period, um, you need to do that. So that's one, two, three, press your punctuation and then it switches back automatically, right? So that's, right. you don't have to switch back, right? So that's great. But it's just an extra step. And for me, the like vast majority of my punctuation, which is period, comma, question mark, exclamation point, those are all accessible by the dedicated period button on the Android keyboard, mm-hmm. and you can long press that button to get access to the rest of your punctuation. And the long press is still, I don't know what the long, what long is, uh, three tenths of a second is right. a long it's, press it's or like, something. And it's, so that's, I, I was listening to something about this recently where they, they were discussing the, the amount of time that's spent like in QA where somebody goes in and they're adjusting it like tenths and hundredths of a second. Hundreds, I'm sure. To, yeah. to figure out like the perfect this, threshold. This felt too long but then you roll it back a tenth of a second it's like that felt too short mm-hmm. and it's like trying to figure out what that and like fine exactly. grain tuning that. Yep. although I, I will say um, especially once you're comfortable and, and I think a big difference is are you a one hand texture most of the time I'm a one hand, a one hand texture See, and, and I think that might be part of it for you is like for me I always or almost always am typing with two hovering, hands right? so, yeah. so I have one, one thumb that's waiting by the one, two, three, or the emoji. So yeah. for me to tap that button can happen almost instinctively. And that's, and that's part yeah, of it too. Yeah, it's like, part of it, right? Yeah, yeah. You just you get tr- used to doing it. And, and you're so totally you, habituated you, to the iOS. Right. Keyboard. You, you yeah. build a, uh, and it's almost, you build a preference to whatever the style is sure. you've gotten used to. For sure. Um, which I think is another element of the whole lock-in is just personal preference. Uh, yeah, like sure. I, 
I prefer the iPhone because I've used the iPhone and I like the iPhone and I like things about the iPhone. And mm-hmm. am I am I curious about the OnePlus three or the Pixel or something? The the Pixel. I, I absolutely I'm curious about those, but I'm not going to make the switch. I, I also think the Samsung Edge, Galaxy Edge, is a fascinating device because of the the little curvy screen on the edge. Like, I think yeah, that's super neat. I, I I'm sure it's not nearly as impressive as it, it could be, but I do oh, find wow. it. Uh, I do find it super interesting, and but at the same time, I'm not going to switch from the device that I have now, um, which is a, a seven plus, to to a, an Android device because my preference is there on iOS, and then all the other factors we've already talked about, you know, yeah, as, tons of stuff, yeah, um, which uh, I. I'm impressed by your, your your ability and your gumption to make the switch and not be concerned about it because I think that there's I think for a lot of people there is there's a certain level of switch anxiety sure that that makes them not switch you know yeah, they for sure they and and especially when you then you go even a step back and you say you know why did you get the galaxy s6 like I have a friend's mom who got the Galaxy S6 because when she went into the Verizon store, they didn't have any iPhones in stock. Oh my god! And, and they had the Galaxy S6 in stock, and the guy and the guy sold it. And he was like, "It does all the same things as the iPhone. All the things you want to do, it does." And, and for her, she's not a power user of her device, so it didn't make a difference. So she was like, "Well, I'll just get this because it's this there. reason, and it's it, I can get it today." And they had what a, a deal on it where it was you know it was free with two year contract or whatever. And so she's sure. like, "Yeah, great, I'll do that one." And out the door she went, and and now she's an Android user because, heaven forbid, she make the switch and have to re-sign into all of her accounts and re-sign yeah. into, re-download her apps and re-sync her Facebook and, like, the handful yeah. of things she does. Yeah. And and so you get that, like, that anxiety about the idea of switching. And I, I almost switched to the Nexus 6 at one point. Yeah. And then didn't because I was like, but my apps and my things and I didn't, <laughs> like, and and what, people are going to see green bubbles and they're going to know I switched <laughs> and see green and, bubbles. And I th- like, so and you go back to 2010 when I switched from an iPhone to a Motorola Droid, it wasn't a big deal because I, I just downloaded whatever the Twitter app was and whatever the Facebook app was and I signed it in my email accounts. Yeah. But the way that these ecosystems are built now, they're designed to create an experience for you that you can't uh, you yeah, can't, can't have, easily, you, right? you can't easily yeah. switch to the other side yeah. without at least some speed bumps. Yeah, so I mean, those are all really good reasons why not to leave, right? And I think because we're we've been in this smart the smartphone world now for uh, like a, ten years or whatever, right? Like, right, ish. A lot of us, I mean, probably most people, at least five years now. I, would I say mean, it's like a reasonable I, for me, it's been since 2010. So I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going on like seven years that I've had a smartphone. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm the um, same as you. Maybe and, slightly after. And and no, 2010. I, I would say in the last five, it's really gotten to the point where it's like you fall in one of two camps, mm-hmm. right? Like because yeah. early on, it was like oh, you, you might people. you might bounce devices and so like, like you know early on yeah. early days, it was easy. Or easier, yeah. I think it was easier, right? I mean, they're just there's obviously less to be locked in with. You didn't have a, you haven't spent as much money, right? Yeah, all right. The, for all those reasons. So right. the longer you go into a particular ecosystem, obviously the more pull it is to stay within that, right? Um, 
Yeah, so for me, this is, and this is not necessarily a reflection of my mobile life, like being able to switch. It's just a reflection of my life in general. I like to be able to use services that can be used anywhere because mm-hmm. in my lab at school, there were a lot of Macs, and I like to use those for various reasons. Like, sure. I rationale why I had that. I had a Windows PC on my desk, but I also ran Linux for a while, right? So, like, I just liked being able to have things that weren't necessarily platform dependent. Right. So being being tied to one really, it started limiting me in like weird ways that do not affect the vast majority of people, right? Sure. But like there were some weird things that I liked about each one. Yeah. Um, but I think that's so, that's a, uh, I think kind of almost the the direction of the future too is is more and more services and uh, you know apps and stuff like that. Yeah. I think, focusing less on a particular platform, like with the exception of maybe games and some really like niche type apps. Like there are some apps sure. for Android that are very specific because of things you can do on Android. Uh, there are some apps for iOS, like games, especially for iOS, where people build them for iOS because the market in the app store. That's, is, yeah, that's like development costs. Is, and yeah. Right. Yeah. Is, is much more uh, in their favor. For sure. Uh, but as you get to these like productivity services and communication services and stuff like that, mm-hmm. more and more of them are becoming, you know, designed to be uh, ultra portable and web based or desktop based and mobile based, so that you no longer have to commit to. No matter what you commit to, you can easily shift your life from device to vi- to device and not yeah. not feel trapped or like you're losing out on stuff. And there's really good incentive for this today, right? Because if you're if you're not if you're not Google or Apple, then you have a big incentive to be on both, right? Absolutely, like you want to. So, like my favorite example in recent memory now is Facebook Messenger. So I have two favorite Disney and Facebook Messenger. Facebook Messenger because they've successfully infiltrated both platforms with their own marketplace with using like the in in app purchases for Messenger, right? Mm-hmm. Like that type of stuff. And they're on both, and it's just they you like. Facebook world lives on your phone regardless of the platform, right? Right. And then Disney's the other one that has, and it's not the same as Facebook. They, they're they the only ones that have still su- successfully negotiated that this is the content argument, where if sure. you get a, if you buy a movie through the Disney online movie rewards or whatever, right. whatever, Disney movies, any play movies anywhere or something. If you get the Disney movie today on their service, you can tie up one individual service from all the other major ones. So we have Sarah's iTunes attached to it, had my Google Play attached to it had my Microsoft account attached to it, had, I think, like, a, a Roku or something could even be attached to it. I don't, I'm not sure. But, like, you could get all the different services tied up to your Disney account. And if you bought the movie once on your Disney account, you then had access to it on every tied account. And that is amazing to me, that they successfully negotiated that content deal. So if you buy it on sure. them, you can you actually – it's in your library on the rest of them. Sure. And so so that's that's actually doing maybe something a little bit above and beyond what everybody else is doing instead of having mm-hmm. an app that you have to get on every platform. Uh, but, that, but even that, that same idea, though, look at Netflix or Hulu. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of being iTunes or Hulu, they just right. build an app that gives you access to a cloud of yeah, content. content. Yeah. Um, and, and that doesn't care about platform. Yeah, that's. So. I think that's really wise, right? I mean, and you're you're also seeing. I think, and even Apple, right? You mentioned it, like Apple Music is on is mm-hmm. on Android, right? I mean, the, I think the Apple is still the big holdout overall. Yeah, I would absolutely. say that Apple, Apple in the productivity world, or like in the professional IT world, Apple is the big holdout, and then Nintendo in the gaming space world is the big holdout. Sure. Um, 
Right. I, I think you make the argument that like Microsoft and Sony with their own games are also like they have first party stuff, but Nintendo is notoriously a holdout. Like they don't do anything else anywhere. Right. So them coming to Apple was a big deal. Like putting Mario on mm-hmm. the on the App Store is a big deal. And then um, seeing Apple put like Apple Music on others is, is kind of a big deal and sort of the signs of the times, right? Because I think there's recognition that Android owns a huge a majority of the worldwide market, right? Not a huge majority, right? I think it's like 60, 40 or something like that is the current number. But yeah. they have a huge chunk of the market, right? So like mm-hmm. if you want Apple Music on those devices, you have to put it on there. And so Google already knows this. This is why Google has their stuff on iTunes. And and near and dear to my heart here, like Microsoft clearly knows this, right? The Windows phone is not the majority of the marketplace. And so, but you they can get office on office everything. everywhere. Right? right. And they're great apps. So instead of like making crap secondary versions on the non, if it's not on their, their platform, the sure. premium versions are on all the other platforms. So yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think that's the direction we're going to continue to see things move. And so hopefully it'd be easier for someone like, I mean, you and I specifically, we, you know, we're enthusiasts, right? But like, for almost anybody to switch platforms with much, yeah. with, with fewer headache, or with uh, with fewer headaches, yeah. yeah. It does leave me curious as to whether or not the average Joe really would even think about this as an issue, though. I think, I think, because I, your I, initial thing though, the apps and the content, those are really right, salient but, points. But right? is it is the average person sunk on that much content or that many apps? Because I, 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 yeah. I may be in a, a different realm, and this is a whole other topic for a whole different show. Sure. Um, I may be in the, the realm of you know a, a fairly small group of people who are willing to spend money on lots of apps and uh, e- even so much as to spend money on an app just to try it and, yeah. and take a chance on it because I've done that more than once. Sure. So That's a good I think, question. I think, I think most people are using a handful of the free apps Yep. And they're using a lot of things that are are just uh, basically uh, a portal into a website. Yeah, and yes. and that has made you know that makes it super easy for them to to leave whatever they're I mean, on and go somewhere else. I mean, five years ago, that was the promise that everything would be de-siloed from apps and into web apps, right? Right. And so you saw a lot of uh, what people did for their actual native application was to just put a web wrapper on whatever their mobile experience was. Yep. And the people spoke. They're like, this is trash. I want dedicated native applications that have premium functionality and that you like utilize why I have this five, $600 phone, right? right. Well, the, the, so, the beauty of HTML-based web apps is they suck everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it doesn't matter what platform you're on. That's exactly right. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see where this goes. Um, I will say, I didn't, I didn't get to mention this earlier. I, I have a deep respect for Apple hardware because because they've chosen to limit themselves to relatively few releases, right? They just iterate and they have their main release and then there's slight variations on it. Um, like the 7 and the 7 Plus or whatever, the Plus or whatever. Or the, like They're not different phones, right? It's the same phone, just different physical size. And so because they've limited themselves to the single release, I, I, I know there's like minute differences, right? Um, but they're more or less the same phone. So when developers make yes. stuff, they can they can maximize or they can min-max the yes. performance for, this, for these hardware sets versus the Android marketplace, which has a wild variation in hardware. Sure. It, it feels like, to me, the perfect analog for this, and I'm sure someone's made this comparison, though, is that... Um, Apple is like developing for a console like the PlayStation or the Xbox or the whatever Nintendo you have mm-hmm. um, because you can maximize for that that particular set of hardware and get more out of it. Because every Xbox Versus, One is going to meet a certain minimum spec. 
Yeah, and, and and probably or not, they actually you're literally making it for you know mostly the same thing. So especially after a new console is released, right? They literally right. are the same specs, and then right. you have your minimum spec, right? So you can maximize for that. Versus building, so it's like building games for consoles is like building apps for at the Apple platform, whereas building apps for the Google plat for the Android platform, right? And you have all these diverse specifications. You have to set limits, and things are going to run poorly. But run, and people have bad experiences. Like Snapchat to still runs like dog crap, even on the Nexus Six, which is a relatively high performance device. Right. Snapchat on iOS has been shown that it just runs better on like a, a fairly equivalent hardware. It's optimized for it. That's the same pr- problem that happens with PC, where you can have an amazing PC and a game that you have for that does not get the same amount of optimization that it would for its console, its console counterpart. Right. Because, the, ha- because PCs the, all, so all the considerations specs. you have to take for, yeah. for the device. And so, right. it, part of that's hardware, part of that's OS. Which Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's both of that. But, but OS is more consistent than hardware by a long shot because hardware is just all over the place for, mm-hmm. for a modern PC where, you know, or an for consoles it's not. So what you're saying is device. iOS is better. I'm saying that iOS has its advantages. Yeah, that's right. As long as we can all agree on iOS being better, you can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash 45. While you're there, find links to all of our social things. And as always, thank you for being a listener or subscriber. And we'll be back next Monday and every Monday. Like clockwork. Hey, Siri, send Ian a hog rectum. Real quick, uh, follow up, follow out, follow follow later. Um, Google Photos. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, high quality is unlimited. Yep. What they call high quality is unlimited. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unlimited free storage. Photos yes. are compressed to save space. Yes. If it is larger than sixteen megapixels, it'll be resized down to sixteen megapixels. So they are doing. Even if it's below 16 megapixels, they're doing some of compression on it. So mm-hmm. you were correct in that, sir. I that's not what I was. I mean, thank you, but that's not exactly what I was thinking, actually. So but they, but with um, the, with the just, pixel and with the original quality, you get original quality of the yeah. image. So so there's no compression happening. So if you take a photo that's 12 megapixels but it's raw, yeah, they right, will right. upload the raw file right at 12 megapixels. Versus if you upload a raw file at high quality, it will reduce it to a whatever megapixel JPEG or right. whatever magic compression Google is using, right. um, Pipe Piper or whatever. <laughs> so my understanding of that was, uh, so that, that makes sense. And I, I did know that they didn't do any compression on the unlimited, like if you had the pixel, because it's, it it's like uh, comparable to the same way that Amazon handles their free. If you've got Prime, you get free photo storage at full quality, right? But not video. Um the even though these cameras are 12 megapixel cameras the files they output um the resolution like it's like because fan, apple does amazing like software photography right it's not right like, like 12 megapixels it's, been out for years and years and years it's, right it's but not these, just the lens it's all it's not of the, lens. the processing behind it so that file that comes out is actually much higher resolution than what we'd like a 12 megapixel camera doesn't really mean anything anymore. Right. And so the file that you dump out the raw file from an iPhone camera from what an iPhone photo is like, like the equivalent of like a 20 megapixel, like stock camera on an Android device. Although they don't make those. I'm just saying like for comparison. Right. So even though it's a 12 megapixel, like whatever hardware, 12, 12 megapixels in, in its, the, 
width by height is 12 megapixels. The, yeah, you have the a resolution. total of what, what? That's what 12 million pixels. Is that how something megapixels like, work? Right, and so something like that. But but the resolution varies based on the photo and based on the way that the software outputs the the, like the image, right? Actually, and so some many of the images that an iPhone takes are above the limit. And so it'll actually downres them. Like while you could take an image that would be lower than it, it's not necessarily true. So that's where like I know that it's a 12 megapixel camera, but it takes such high quality photos that the output JPEG or whatever is actually higher than the limit that Google wants you to store. So it's doing that compression. 